Hey guys, this is Hampton from the More and More Podcast. I just sat with Rachel Woody. You're going to love our podcast. We talked about the intersection between mental health and ministry, how to find your passions, and a real-life animal farm town that's run completely by pets. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the More and More Podcast. This is Hampton. I'm excited to be here today with Rachel Woody. Uh, just forewarning, I know I give a preface every week. I'm coming back from Kenya, and my voice is a little bit gross, and I'm still a little sniffly. So... With all of that said, Rachel, I'm super excited to have you. Um, let's start off. Introduce yourself. Tell us who you are. Um, because as always, the people are dying to know who Rachel Woody is. I know. I hear that all the time. I'm just, <laughs> no, yeah, like Hampton said, I'm Rachel. Um, I am a junior here at USC. I'm studying public health with a minor in psychology. Um, I'm from Texas, kind of. I'm an army brat, so I'm not really from anywhere. But mm. yeah, I'm... That's me right yeah. now. Um, Who did uh, you grew up an army brat? Did you move often, or were you in Texas for longer than most? No, so about every two to three years we would move, and so I would say we probably lived in South Carolina the most, which is a big reason I decided to come to school here. But um, I've lived all across the southeast, lived in the Midwest, and now my family's in Texas right now for an indefinite amount of period. A, a, indefinite amount of period that's what I meant to say no um for, <laughs> for you know for however long they decide they've opened a business there but yeah about every two to three years we would move somewhere else so I've lived in six states and attended nine schools I feel yeah I my family moved when I was a freshman in high school and they didn't tell me so they Yikes. picked me up from school and <laughs> we went to a new house and nobody said no. anything. like literally I got out of the car I was like whose house is this and they were like, it's your house, get your bags. Like, it was like oh, very strange. Oh my gosh. Um, and I cried, I cried like a, like a child. Yeah, when I was thankfully, 15. Was my really family sad. was always like, okay, we're gonna move soon. Like, yeah, we been knew that. Like, we, we knew that <laughs> was gonna happen. <laughs> um, so, when you came to college, uh, as I understand your story, and I'd love to unpack this, you kind of wanted to um, study one thing, and now you're in a totally different career path. Um, and as a junior, to have even that much figured out is a cool thing. But as someone who's moving forward, um, we'd love to know what you wanted to study when you came to college and what that journey has been like. Yeah. So when I applied to colleges, I applied as pre-med. And that was what I had planned on doing, considering the high school I went to was a medical magnet high school, which means that for over half of my high school career, I was in and out of hospitals whoops I was in and out of hospitals not as a patient but as someone who was working there um my senior year of high school I'd get up at like five in the morning I would go work at the the nursing home for four hours and then in the wow. afternoon I would go shadow nurses on an oncology unit so a big part of my high school I was in clinical settings learning about medicine they were, it was pretty much a high school to prepare you to go to college to go to medical school did you and you always want to do that like how does one go to high school like what is that process like? Yeah. Back up a little bit. Yeah. So I, I mean, I love people. I know yeah. it's like a weird thing to say, but I love people. And the only way I could figure out how to help people was, okay, obviously I'm going to go into medicine. Yeah. And so my mom, she's awesome. Every time we would move, she would, before we moved, she would research the schools in the area to figure out where we could go. Where we could go. Yeah. Because as army kids, you kind of get, in a lot of places you get freedom. You don't have to stay in your district. Right. And so she found this school. It was a medical magnet school. And she was like, well, Rachel loves people. She wants to help she wants to work yeah. helping people better their lives and so I applied to go there got accepted um, <coughs> and it was just it was cool because like I said like I was in I was shadowing doctors shadowing nurses I spent a good portion of high school like 
in these clinical settings, learning yeah. things that people don't know until like their third and fourth years of college yeah. as pre-med. Yeah. And so you carried from pre-med in high school, basically, to being pre-med in college. Yeah. So, and here's, it's kind of a joke. I, my senior year, I was deemed the dorkiest person on campus, not that Not sounds just, like the world's worst. Yeah, no, listen. Well, this is this is how it came to be. We had obviously everybody has superlatives. So my senior year, I got um, I got the superlative of most likely to succeed, which is cool, awesome. That's great. I yeah. also got teachers. We didn't like pet. those people at my high school, but I'm really glad that you. Got yeah, so I got <laughs> teachers pet also. So wow. that didn't help at all. Um, but it was it's kind of like it was a little affirmation of like okay I'm going to this medical magnet high school it's a blue ribbon school I get elected most likely to succeed so it's like well I have to do this now like yeah. I have to continue to be pre-med I have to go to med school yeah. because I mean at this point if I don't I'm gonna be letting a lot of people down apparently sounds like your high school experience was a little different than mine I don't I don't know what blue ribbon even means no and my high school no did not turn out many doctors. We turned out a lot of people that skipped class, maybe uh, some surfers. Some we, I don't That's know what we turned out. We, we didn't have water near where I went to school, so. Uh, well, all right. So. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, it was a competitive. It was a competitive, um, like school that I went to. Like I did very well and wasn't even close to top ten. And so wow. it was just it was a rough environment to be in. And so of course I would carry out of that. Like well now I have to be the best. Like I have to do this. I have to have the name that people are going to know. So you came to the University of South Carolina intending the whole time to study pre-med. Yes. And what happened when you got here? So I applied here as public health um, and wanted to what go What does that mean? Public Explain health, yeah. yeah. So public health is basically, when I describe it to people, it's talking about like finding where these diseases come from what's plaguing our population as a whole yeah what is affecting it where are these things coming from how can we track them um there's a whole like area called biostatistics where they do math on all this stuff that's way over sounds my like head. two of my least favorite things yeah so maybe so maybe you know that's not for everybody it's not for me either <laughs> but it's just basically looking at our population as a whole looking at people groups how looking at the places where these people play, where they pray, where they work, how does how can we use those to figure out the illnesses, the diseases that are affecting them and what can we do to also use those to fix it? Yeah. It's a it's a very population based field. Right. So you got into I mean that's kind of the medical field I guess and attending to go to med school mm -hmm. after I'm assuming. So what what when you got here changed your mind cuz you you're not studying that now which we'll get to in a minute but like what did you see when you got here that started to change things? So I was public health for like a month or so. And then I freaked out and I said, I can't do this. This is too much for me. So I switched to nursing. So I was like, okay, I'm still going to be helping people. Yeah. Um, it'll just look a little bit differently. Realize I cannot do nursing. I have like, I'm in awe of people who can be nurses. Some of my best friends are going to be nurses or are nurses. And I just like props to them. They run the system. Right. But, and so then like I said earlier, I am studying public health now. I switched back um, because at this point I was like, well, I still need to figure out how to get into medicine. And so I switched back into um, public health, I'd say the beginning of my sophomore year um, with the intentions of going to PA school. So PA school is physician's assistant school. Yeah. Um, it's two years after your undergrad where you're, you have the same scope of practice as a doctor, but it's less schooling and you don't necessarily have all 
the, I guess you have a similar scope of practice, but you don't cover the same things, if that makes sense. Like, right. you can specialize in certain areas, but you can't necessarily, like, whip out a scalpel and, like, start cutting people open and doing procedures. There's certain procedures you can't do, certain procedures you can't do. Right. And so when I switched back to PA, I mean, to public health, excuse me, um, to going to PA school, I was like, okay, well, this is how I'll get into this. Like, I'll get into medicine, and then if I decide I want to do something bigger after that, I already have this foundation. But at this point, this is my sophomore year, at this point, this, like, isn't really setting well with me. Like, it's just, like, something is, like, still nagging me. Um, and I guess we could go back into the summer before when I went to a camp. We're not going to name it because it's just not helpful to name it but um, <laughs> we're all about naming names on this podcast yeah you do as you wish we'll, we'll you leave know. this one we <laughs> took a shot at case kaleidoscope last week we'll do whatever yeah but. sorry buds <laughs> um yeah it's i guess it's not really helpful to name it but we could say what it's not if you want no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> sure <laughs> yeah so i went to this camp um and it was a yeah it was a camp that branded itself as a christian sports camp um and so i went as a counselor because I wanted to do something fun with my summer. Um, and so I went there, and I started having a really rough time. Like, I wasn't I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't eating. Um, I was trying to console these, like, fifth-grade girls who were <laughs> homesick while not crying about how homesick I was. Yeah. Um, and so I reached out for help, like, to the people who were, like, top staff, the people who worked in the office and stuff. And I was like, hey, like, I, like I'm having a rough time. Like, I need help. And I was met with... Um, I asked three different people. One, I was met with, you just need to drink more coffee and water in the morning. Coffee and water? Yes, because I needed to be awake, but I didn't need to be dehydrated. And that would help me. Um, I was met with... Sounds um, like a good medical... uh, Yeah. Prescription yeah. for whatever so, ailment you had. <laughs> yeah, just to clarify, that's not what you should do. Um it's kind was, of my, my go-to in the mornings, honestly. Coffee and water. You know, there's a place for it. <laughs> an apple a day. You know yeah. Don't be like Hampton. Yeah. The second person <laughs> I um, asked for help, I, they were like, okay, yeah, I'll come find you at your cabin tonight and we'll talk. Never showed up. Yeah. Never heard. Like, she never approached me again after this. The third person um, that I asked, she looked me in the eye and said, that says a lot about your character. So here I am at a sports camp that's, you know, boasting, like, I mean, it's a Christian sports camp. Like, I'm, like I wanted to go here because yeah. I wanted to, like, pour into these kids who, like, I don't know what kind of home lives they come from. Like, yeah. this is my way. Like, somebody's got to be a good Jesus to them till they need yeah. Jesus. And so, it's just, it was, it, I left, I left camp early. My parents wanted me to come home because they were worried about me. And so, it just stuck with me that someone looked at me and said, that says a lot about your character. Yeah. So, let's, let's back up just for a second. What, how would you characterize what you were going through? Because you said homesickness, but yeah. like, how did that manifest? Was it anxiety? Do you yeah. think it was a mental health crisis? Yeah. Like what, what does that look like for you? So I definitely, anxiety is something that it's, it's reared its head quite a bit, especially since I've been in college. Yeah. Um, and obviously, like I've, I've seeked help. Like I sought, I seeked, I sought help. It's okay, <laughs> but that is strike two. Yeah, no, really sorry. I got to, I'm on thin ice here. Um, I've, I've asked for help. Like I'm in counseling. I've, it's something that doesn't make an appearance as much anymore, but at that time it was, it was something that was really taking over. Um, I like when I get anxious, I can't sleep. And so at that point, like I just wasn't sleeping. I wasn't able to eat. My appetite was gone. Like I couldn't keep up with them because I was just so anxious. 
Um, and so, yeah, that's part of the reason. And we'll get into later, like, what I'm headed towards now. But yeah. um, just having someone look at me and say, it says a lot about your character. And who knows how other, how many other people yeah. um, that's been said to. And so that stuck with me. That really kind of carried that for a little bit yeah. when I came back to school or finished out my summer and then came back to school. Yeah, so how did that how did that begin to shape you moving forward? Um, because, we, I mean, you brought, hopefully... Uh, you all, anybody who's listening, heard the podcast with Mackenzie, but yeah. we talked about um, the difference between like what are medical disorders, what are some spiritual things, that, and there's probably honestly like that may have been a combination for you of someone who is trying to pour into people, and they may have had a spiritual component to it. Um, and as someone myself who struggled with some, I don't again, I, I struggle to characterize my own things, but anxiety, like it definitely changes the way you look at anxiety as a whole. Like I didn't understand my friends that struggle with depression until I started like not knowing what I was going through. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how did that shape you moving forward, especially in terms of your changing career path and what you're studying? Yeah. So I guess before I go into that, I will, since you brought it up, I'll touch on, I was on medication for anxiety yeah. before this. Mm-hmm. And this will be my disclaimer. I'm not a doctor, but I stopped taking it on my own. I yeah. did not talk to my doctor about it. And so there's tons of research out there. I know yeah. better now, but when you do that, it like just makes the symptoms like a million times worse because your your body's been so used to having like an yeah. aid, and then you stop it, and so it like goes into overdrive and is like freaking out because right. it's trying to heal itself. Um, so that was that was the biggest I think, and of course like that their spiritual warfare is real, and so yeah. it's like I'm in a place where there's children and I'm supposed to be teaching them, and yeah. that's a big that's a big. Um, task to take but um yeah so I guess I would just throw that in there but what was I supposed to answer the first yeah how did how did did your experience at camp and especially the comment of like it says a lot about your character like how does that how did that begin to shape um who you're becoming I guess yeah um so this was my this was going into fall of my sophomore year I hope my timeline's right I can't remember anymore Uh, no that is right um so yeah, like I said, that stuck with me. I came back and I was like, okay, this like I'm I'm not okay with this. If I if I know something's wrong and I'm like not okay with it, then I'm gonna like chase after it hard. Like it's not right. it's not gonna win. And so I was talking like I spent the whole probably fall of my sophomore year just talking with people and being like, okay, well I'm gonna go to PA school because or at least I'm gonna try to because that's the best way for me to get um, get to people who need help. But like like that it, it's like I said it wasn't sitting well with me at right. this point and so one of I think it was just like one weekend I was talking to um actually Mackenzie Bailey I was talking yeah. to her about it um and just like how I was just just felt for people and like didn't I don't know I didn't know how to get to the people who were who had been in that dark place that I had kind of been in Um, and I, like, I just, I had, I knew I had to get them. Like, I have to go get the people in the dark. I have to pull them out because if not, like, if, if not, who's going to go? And so she was talking to me. She's like, Rachel, have you, have you ever heard of like a Christian counselor? And of course, (laughs) like I'd been in counseling. I was like, I know what a counselor is, but she's like, do you like, do you know what a Christian counselor is? Like that? And turns out that's what her parents do. Yeah. And I'd never heard the term Christian counselor before. (laughs) Um, Like, it's just amazing. But and also around that same time we were sitting in class together and I looked at her and I was like, I think I really want to do something in ministry and mental health. Yeah. 
but I don't know how to like bring the two together. And she looked at me and she's like, Rachel, I literally don't know how you would separate those two. Yeah. And so it, from that point on, it was like, okay, well now there's a name to this thing that I want to yeah. do that I didn't know before. Yeah. There's a way for me to do it. And so it just like, it completely changed. I was like, wow, like I don't, I don't have to do this thing that I've been trying to do since yeah. high school. Like I don't, I've been set up in medicine my whole life. Like I don't, I don't have to because it's not, that's not the only route to find people who are hopeless. Yeah. Um, I think there's two really cool conversations here that we probably need to unpack both. Okay. But like there's the first, there's the you part, which is like you came in with a direction and a set and even a passion. Like you're, I don't, I don't know that you go to a high school that specializes in medicine without being passionate about medicine. Yeah. But while you were in college, like your passion shifted and you, were able to adjust and because these things were happening to you and your own struggles, like it shifted. That's my story. That's a lot of college student stories. I mean, you hear all the time about college students that are changing their major like eight times. Yeah. We I've got a really close friend who's on staff who remained nameless, but she's going to listen to this and she's going to know <laughs> exactly who she is, who changed her major like eight times, which is, there's nothing wrong with that. But yeah. That's part of college. But there's also the like substance piece of like ministry and mental health are it's a relatively, I mean, the reason why you hadn't heard that term is because it's new. Like yeah, it's we, so new. Like we, we, the corporate we, whoever that is, has never until like the past decade realized that those two things are inseparable and mental health isn't just a struggle and it's not just a medical thing, mm -hmm. but it encompasses who we are as people. Um, to And so I think there's two conversations that we probably can go down both roads, but let's start with you. So how did you, you just talked about it, but like your passions are changing you're moving forward and you, you want to love people. Um, how did you, how did you identify, um, those things as passion? Did you see people? Was it just your struggle or did you see people that were struggling with mental health and how did you begin to move forward in pursuing this as a career? So I think for me, it was, it opened my eyes to like, that a lot of people are like, this is happening to a lot of people, yeah. um, or it's happening to more people than I thought. Yeah. And so then it's, it goes into like, okay, well, I, I don't, I don't know how to say it. Like, I don't love mental health struggles, but like, I love the people who yeah. are going through this. And so it's, it's like, okay, I love these people. So how do I get to them? Yeah. And then it's also, I think even just like when you're trying to figure out any of your passions, it's like, okay, what am I good at? Like, I'm pretty good at talking to people. If you're, I'm, I don't know, I'm a pretty extroverted person, so yeah. it's easy for me to go up to people and, like, ask them questions. Um, like, what, what is my personality like? Well, that would go back into, like, I'm pretty extroverted. Yeah. Um, I'm talkative. I can, I'm really good at conversationally. Um, and then, like, what, what is your heart all about? Like, what, what really, like, gets you going? Yeah. The, what, the, the way I put it is, like, what makes that feeling in your chest where you're like, dang, I got to say something. Like, if I, yeah. like, your heart rate goes up and you're like, oh, dang it, I got to say something now. Yeah. And so it's like, what are those things that like really get you going? Like that'll make you just like want to fight at any cost to like yeah. find that hope. So you, so you talked about how common uh, this stuff is. How, how common is it, especially among college students? Because something I've seen is like being a college pastor and even through having these conversations is like, it almost seems like there are some days where it's like, man, this can't be as common as we think it is. And then there are days like, I don't know anybody that's not struggling with this yeah. in some, some area. So how common is it? What have you seen in pursuing this career that it's like 
it's pretty prevalent. Yeah, so I don't have exact numbers, so mm-hmm. if I butcher these a little bit, I'm really sorry. That's but cool. I think the numbers are close to about 50% of like college students yeah. face some kind of mental health struggle, whether it yeah. be like anxiety, depression. Um, I'm blanking on literally all the other ones, <laughs> but like it, yeah. some form of mental health struggle. Because I mean, just look at where we are. Yeah. Like we're in college. We're for the most part separated from yeah. our family. We have new responsibilities. Where it's our life that we have to be responsible for. Right. Like we don't have our parents to look after us. And so just coming into this new area of our life, um, right. and trying to figure out how to navigate it ourselves, it's right. it's gonna. I mean, it would make sense for it to happen. Yeah. So you transitioned from the med- medical field, quote unquote, yeah. to the mental health and counseling field, Yes. Um, which are related, I'm mm-hmm. sure, in some ways. Uh, and it's because you began to identify new passions. Um, what, what advice would you have for a college student that's kind of dealing with some of the same stuff? Because, again, I've got some advice, but my, my story looks a little different, and we can talk about it later. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like what advice do you have that, for a college student that's realizing their passion is changing? Because it, it's scary to be 20 and not know what you're doing when you've planned on doing something for Yeah, yeah, it's really time. scary. Yeah. Um, I, well, I think, like I said earlier, like look at the look at the things that you love. Like when you talk to people about things, pay attention to the things that really get you excited and like yeah. latch on to that. Because if you're excited about talking about it, you're going to be excited about acting on it. Right. Um, what's like, what, where is your heart at? What are the things that really make you like fired up? Like I said, um, and again, like, what have you experienced? Like, my camp experience really plays into that because I yeah. had a firsthand look of, like, what it means to not handle those things correctly. Yeah. I mean, what have you experienced in your life where it's like, man, I really got to change that. Like, mm. that's where I need to go because there's people in there who are going to be hurt by the system or whatever it is. Yeah. And so I think on a more practical level, just going through those and talking about, like, okay, well, I really love this. This is what is really fun for me. This is, um, like, it's just something I enjoy doing. Um, Right. And I think if you're thinking about, like, majors and minors and, like, fields of study, I'm a practical person, so I'm like, okay, well, what am I supposed to do? So I'd say talk to your counselor. I mean, (laughs) not your, like, mental health counselor. I mean, if you have that, do that. But talk to your, (laughs) I guess I should say your advisor. That's what I meant to say. Talk to your advisor. Tell them, like, hey, okay, I really have um, a passion for this. Is there any way for me to squeeze that into my degree because it may you may be at a point where it's like if I switch degrees at this point I'm gonna tack on another three years um but if you can just talk to your advisor saying like what classes can I take that are going to fill the requirements in this or can I tack on a minor that's what I did I didn't change to psychology I stayed public health but I tacked on a psych minor I was like okay well I'm going to get as much experience out of this as I can um and so just go to the – I know on USC we have a pre-professional um, advising office, yeah. I guess is what it's called. I mean, you pay for these resources. Like, let's exhaust them before yeah. – go ask them. Say, hey, this is what I want to do. This is where I'm headed right now. What can? What advice do you have for me? Yeah, um, that's good. What are my options? Like, I'm just someone who's like, okay, let's, let's look at the resources that we have. Let's use right. them. And see what we can glean from that because I think it's I mean I found out that I can take a communications and counseling class which yeah. it normally like I would not have like I didn't even know that was a class that was offered at USC right. my advisor was like oh yeah why haven't you taken this and I'm like because I didn't know it existed yeah and so yeah just ask those people who are more knowledgeable in that area of your education than you are yeah I think 
something that I'm learning too, and it sounds like you have like latched onto this, is like we always think I the term is dream job, right? That's yeah. one of your questions. Like, what's your dream job? But when we ask that question, it's usually like not in the context of pursuing that. It's mm-hmm. in the context of like, well, let's get as close as we can without actually yeah. considering like if your dream job is this, then you need to study this, this, and this set mm-hmm. curriculum. Yeah. And then maybe you can start with this and then do it and like, I don't know. Like I, whenever I think and talk to college students, what's, what's sucks for me as someone who counsels college students is like, why aren't you chasing it? If, if that's what you're passionate about, find a way to do exactly that thing. Yeah. Um, write the book on what you're doing for me. And I'll, I don't want to monologue, but uh, for me, like I wanted to forever, like as long as I can remember, because my mother made me read a ton, right? She made me read these books of like fiction growing up. And then when she stopped making me do it, I just kept reading. And so like the aside from the Bible, which is the cheesy answer, like the great, <laughs> the greatest books that have had the most impact on my life have yeah. been like great novels, right? So I wanted to write the great American novel. I romanticized these like writers that were like the Hemingways who were like drunks, but they like wrote these great American awesome things. So that's what I want to do. And then I had a conversation kind of like you had where somebody was like, have you ever heard the term church planter? And I was like, no, what, yeah. what, could, what could that be? Right. Yeah. Um, and so I, then I pursued church planting, got a degree that, that matched it. But then I realized like, oh, I can do all of the above. If I want to write great, I should write things that glorify God. If I want to church plant, I should do that. Like I should be pursuing all my dream job encompasses all of this. So why don't I try to pursue all of it? And so I guess the question that will be born out of that story um, is how uh, the practical part is study what you should be studying to, to take the next step. But how much does like pursuing your passions, um, how, how does that come into play when we're talking to college students who are trying to follow Jesus and trying to um, do all of that, right? They're trying to live the best life, the holiest life. But they also have these giant dreams and passions um, that a lot of times look like they're so far off they can't really figure it out. How, do, how does a college student like you two years ago, um, and I'm thinking of the Rachel that I met first, first Sunday <laughs> oh on gosh. the shuttle, if you remember that. <laughs> I um, do remember that. Yeah. Caleb was there too. Oh, shoot. I forgot yeah. you were there. Man, what a blessing. Reunion. So our producer, Caleb, our mental health slash career guru, um, <laughs> and I was on a shuttle. I think I, I don't know, I tried to tell jokes, I think, because I was like terrified of meeting new it, the people. The feeling was mutual. So oh, Awesome. So um, <laughs> glad we all remember that together. <laughs> Um, but no, like how does, how does a college student like keep their eyes set on their dreams, their aspirations while fulfilling the things that they have to do? Like as a Christian, you have to live a holy life. You have to mm-hmm. um, be pursuing good things for the church, but you also need to be pursuing like what the dream is because God sets passions in our hearts. How does, how does a college student do that? Yeah. So I think that's good that you brought that up. Like just this is where we find the place, like where do our passions yeah. meet the needs of the people around us? Yeah. And so it's like, just first off, just knowing that you have been placed in this mission because of who the Lord says you are. Like yeah. he said, he's invited you in. And so you get to be part of this. Yeah. And so how you go about that and the way that like guides you is like, what makes you, you like what, what makes you excited? Like, how can you, I mean, we've been commanded love God and love people. That's like the overarching thing. Yeah. And so the way we go about that, um, the way we share the gospel is like, okay, well, how am I, how am I good at interacting with people? How, what is the best way for me to love people? For me, yeah. it's 
battling with them in the darkness. It's asking them what's going on in their life. How can we yeah. figure out about how to get back to the light? How to remember, remember the hope that we've been given for other people. It'll look different yeah. for people who love math. It may be accounting or finance, like these things that I don't know anything about like, <laughs> ever in my life. Will I, I will not understand it, but it's just figuring out, like just knowing that you've been invited into this mission, that you're here because you have been like, like you're wanted here. You're needed here. Like there's a yeah. need for you. And then just realizing that you can use your passions and the things that you like to do to find these people. And I think something else is like when just in like the Christian culture, I guess I could yeah. say it's like, sometimes like, well, you like that. So you better just wait. Cause it's probably going to change because the Lord might take that from you. But yeah. I mean, like where, where did we get to the point where it's like, if I like it and it's serving the Lord, like yeah. why, why do you keep telling me he's going to take it? Like yeah. why? And also I... the, the flip side of like, Oh, I hate that. That must be what the Lord exactly. wants you to do. Like I don't, I could never, I hate other countries and don't ever want to live in one. So the Lord must be calling yeah. me to sell everything and move overseas. Yeah. Like. He doesn't want us to be miserable. <laughs> yeah. Like we have these interests and these passions because yeah. we're to use them to glorify yeah. him. Like it's not accidental that I yeah. love to be around people and I've had these experiences. How much do you think, um, like skill plays a part in, in this conversation? So like sometimes I, I, I heard for the college student that doesn't know what their passion is, but I also heard for the college student that has a passion about something, but they're not good at it. Mm-hmm. And like, like, hey, you know, like, um, I want to be a nurse, but I can't do basic math and I'm not really, my bedside manner is not good, yeah. but I'm going to like go headlong into nursing or like vice versa. Like it, if a student, you know, coming from my store, like if, if I wanted to be a writer, mm-hmm. but like I could barely string together a sentence, I don't know that that's what I'm, sh- what yeah. I should be doing. So how, how do you counsel a student that says, I want to do this, but I'm not very good at it. And I don't know that I'll ever be very good at it. Well, I think you just kind of like go to the root of it. Like I did nursing for a stint because I was like, well, this is what I'm going to do. But it turns out I just really love people. And I was like, okay, this is where I'm going to get to people. And writing, okay, do you love like learning new things? Do you love telling people new things? Like get to the root of why you want to do the career. It's not so much about the career, but how you're using like the things that you love to do. So it's just, let's let's dig a little bit deeper and like get past the like, the label of like okay nurse writer yeah mathematician i don't know why i can only think of math now at this point I'm really yeah it sounds like you're kind of haunted by this, <laughs> this math thing. math is really done me dirty <laughs> um, so let's let's uh switch to the to the other conversation of mental health and i don't know that we were planning on talking about this but i'm glad you brought it up um of mental health and especially in the church like how do we begin addressing these issues? And we talked with Mackenzie a little bit about this, mm-hmm. but I'd love to hear kind of your heart on it. Like, how do we begin to address the mental health issue? And I call it a crisis in the church. Um, a lot of cautions that I know are dealing with eating disorders, which is mental health, and they're dealing with anxiety and depression. And I told Mackenzie this, and I'll say it again on record. Like, I really struggle to empathize with a lot of these things because I come from a background of this is not what we do. We don't struggle with this. And if we do, we just press on. Yeah. And so I actually, and this is, I'm ashamed to admit this, but I resonate with the attitude of that woman that told you this says a lot about your character. Okay. I don't know that I would ever say that to you, but I definitely have thought like, what do you, you know, I have, I have a, a one of my closest friends struggle with depression and I never said this to him. I tried to empathize, but in my head, I can remember thinking like, dude, and then, again, bad 
but dude, be a man. Like, yeah, you need to just pull up your pants and go and go forward. This is not this is not what we do. We don't we don't get sad about things, right? Um, which is a bad way of, of looking at it. So how do we begin to address this in the in the church, and then how do we as individuals like address the people that are struggling with this? Yeah. Well, I think it's just. This sounds like a churchy answer, but, like, you just have to, like, listen to people and love them and believe them yeah. when they're telling you these things. Um, and just ask them questions. Because there's a lot of things maybe they haven't figured out yet, but by you asking them questions and, like, getting to the root of things. Yeah. Um, like, what's been going on? What are things that have happened before? Like, when does this happen? Like, when you feel these things? Mm-hmm. Um, and just realizing that, like, I mean, like, I mean, Mackenzie killed it with this one, but yeah. just talking about, like, it's, it's a very real thing. It, there's a lot of factors that play into it. Um, it happens more often than you think. And so just realizing that there is a way to go about it um, and get help and treatment and that treatment is, like, it's going to work. Like, treatment will help. Yeah. Um, and I know she gave some um, some numbers, like 80 to 90% treatable, a lot of these um mm struggles and mental health and mental health struggles um and so just being a person that can remind them that there is a light because i mean they're gonna feel like they're in the dark that's just how it is like they're gonna feel heavy depending on what they're going through they're gonna it's just they're gonna feel like they're weighed down like they can't get out and so reminding them that, that there is a hope and they're like there's light it doesn't have to be this way forever um because hope i mean in a clinical setting hope is a big chunk of like I've learned this in multiple classes that the relationship between two of the biggest factors for success in counseling is the relationship between the counselor and the patient. So, I mean, that could be modeled in like a friendship or like just someone, you know, and then also that the counselor gives them hope, hope and the relationship are the biggest things that indicate success of like treatment or like healing. And so I think that's kind of awesome that two of the biggest things that we've been given is like a relationship. We've been offered a relationship with Christ. We've been offered a relationship with other people in the church and we've been given the biggest hope like that is ever known and will ever be. And so having, knowing that like science says these things and then like religion has also like, I mean, we have hope and we have a relationship and we're able to work together and remind each other of this and also remind each other, it's like, okay, you're not doing anything wrong. We can get you the help. We can take you to people who, like, know what they're yeah. doing, can give you treatment and it's help really you get back to healing. Yeah. I, I have a lot of experience with, like, uh, people who've been through addiction counseling and, and um, like, the, <laughs> I mean, to be honest, the way addicts talk about things. And something uh, I, I heard recently, I forget the guy's name, and I'll have to talk about it in the next podcast Caleb if you'll remind me but the basically he he wrote a book about the problem with addiction is not uh and this will relate I promise okay Um, yeah (laughs) yeah. um the the problem with addiction and addicts is not that they are chemically dependent on something he said and that is the case he said but the the real problem is that they are connection starved meaning they are relationship starved the the average addict has has less meaningful relationships in his life or, or her life um, than others. And so what happens is they take the relationship that they do have and then the addiction begins to control them, but they're starving for genuine connection. And so he ended up writing this book where he did a ton of research that if you begin to fix the connection problem, you can actually fix the chemical dependency problem along with it. And so I love what you said about relationship being a piece. I guess my question is, 
um, and this may be a question from the wrong side of the aisle and that would be okay, but how do I, how do I navigate a relationship um, that is becoming, I guess, strenuous or, or destructive even to me? So a lot of times relating to an addict is really, really hard because their behavior is, it becomes, uh, becomes problematic for me and for my life. And, yeah. Uh, beyond a point of like self-sacrifice, but it becomes like draining. Okay. Um, it'd be, and, and in addition, like in the same way, like a person who is uh, depressed or, or anxious, a lot of times they have a toll on the people around them. And that, that is not anybody's fault. Uh, that's, that's the struggle itself. That's how it rears its head. But how do we navigate that relationship? And is there a point where we say, I have to like hand you to a counselor and, and allow the treatment to take effect before I can uh, enter back into this relationship? Yeah, so I mean that's the beautiful thing about clinicians is that this is their job. They're yeah. the ones who are going to get in the the like nitty-gritty parts of it and help them figure it out. And as a friend, it's okay to set up boundaries. I mean, yeah. we talk about boundaries in literally every sense in the yeah. church. I mean, it's like boundaries with dating, boundaries with this and that and all that stuff. So it's okay to yeah, set up Yeah, there's a book called Boundaries that I think is pretty popular right now. I think I hate it if I remember reading it. I, I could be wrong. I might not have read it, but I think that I've read it and I hated it. Keep going. Sorry. But yeah, I mean, pretty much it's okay to set up boundaries. Yeah. Like, you can love them and just keep a little bit of a distance. Because if it's going to be something that's dragging you down, it's not helpful for you to keep trying to, like... I mean, you should keep loving them, but if it gets to the point where it's, like, affecting everyone, then it's okay right. to put up boundaries. You're not a bad person for doing that. You're not doing them wrong in any way for setting up boundaries. I mean, you can't help them saying like, okay, I can help you up to this point, but after this, like, that's something, like, that's why we're going to get help in this sense. Um, because like I said, that's their job. They know what they're doing. Um, so yeah, boundaries are definitely okay to set up in relationships like that. Yeah. So do you have any final thoughts on, I mean, I, we've talked about a pretty yeah. broad scope <laughs> We've been all like, over the place. About, about passion, about career about mental health, about life. I mean, what what are your what are your closing thoughts before we move into the articles? I don't want to just jump in transition. Yeah. Well, I think something to note is that like I hopefully I said this earlier, but there are no lesser careers if you're helping. Like I want to say that there are no lesser careers. Yeah. You're going to get into and I mean, you're going to finding your passions is going to lead to maybe yeah. some tough things. You're going to get scared, you're going to want to turn back. Yeah. You're going to do make hard decisions, you're going to do hard things, and you're going to be terrified, but you have to keep doing them. Yeah. And I think when you get to the point where you're getting frustrated and you're like, I'm like, why am I doing this? I'm going to quit. Like, it's, it's just too hard for me. I'm too scared. I can't yeah. do it. I think it's where you have to pull back for a second and reassess. Yeah. And I have to do this quite often because I get really scared too. Like, well, there's just, there's so much hurt in the world. I can't do it all. Yeah. But it's like, I have to pull back and it's like, okay, who can and will be like helped by this like yeah, if i keep good. going who like whose life is going to be changed because of this what yeah. impact am i going to be able to make like that will of course create a ripple effect yeah. um, like generations can be changed um, That's good. and so i think it's just reminding yourself that you're going to be scared like you're going to be scared and you're going to do the hard thing and you just have to keep going yeah um because you're needed like the biggest thing i want people to know is like each of you is needed i'm needed hampton's needed like we people you, need man. us yeah yeah <laughs> you are yeah. and so like there's no meaningless part in the body of christ like no. not at all and so just reminding yourself that yeah you're gonna get scared but you're needed because like people really need you no. um and so yeah there's like this quote thing that i like to live by where it talks about like 
we're rebels with the gospel and we like to go outside of religion where Jesus is facilitating restoration and he's setting tables for people who yeah. have don't know that they have a place at the table. Um, and so it's just cool because it's like we're risk takers, we're light bringers, we're yes sayers, we're red sea walkers. Um, just yeah, all of those things were really good. Reading, so. <laughs> I mean, I can read it. Do you want me to read it? <laughs> yeah, read okay. It. It's by this. <laughs> Sorry, I should have just started. unless it's like three pages long. <laughs> no, no, but yeah, yeah, read it. <laughs> Sorry, I should have just. It's by this account on Instagram. It's House of Belonging, but it says we are misfits, a people who take God at His word, risk takers, light bringers, game changers, generational wrecking balls, home builders, world travelers, yes sayer. Yes, sayers, Red Sea walkers, kingdom of darkness topplers. We refuse to give up, in, or out. We are audacious pioneers who forge new ways. We are rebels with the gospel who go outside of religion, where Jesus is facilitating restoration and setting tables. The insider world is not our home. Pull up a chair. We are misfits, a people who take God at his word. So I think it's cool. It's like we don't have to fit in. Like if you're fitting in, it's like we don't have to do that. We can go outside of these boundaries that people have like, just kind of thrown anywhere and like we're going to be the ones that get to bring the light back yeah so i would just add two things to what you said which i thought i think all that was was awesome um the the lesser the lesser path or the lesser career is the one that you have pigeonholed yourself into that you aren't passionate about and you're not good at yeah okay. that's the lesser career yeah right which is what you meant it's yeah. not like i'm not no, editing but i think like so for you to be in medicine that would have been a lesser career path yeah. Not because medicine is lesser, but, but because, because Rachel in medicine is not, that's not what you should be doing, right? Yeah. For me to be just trying to write some novel that, that doesn't glorify Jesus just because I like Hemingway, mm-hmm. like that, that's not helpful to anybody. Yeah. What is helpful is for me to be pursuing um, the things that I'm truly passionate about and the things that you're truly passionate about. And also, I would just add, because soapbox time, uh, <laughs> Rachel has yet to say uh, God's calling, which is... Uh, which is a good thing because we're talking about passion, which God is by his spirit confirming in us. So Rachel, I'm just so with you on this. It's not even, not even funny. We don't have to go there. Yeah. So the first thing you said, I just want to say, it's like, you could have been a writer. I could have gone to med school. We definitely could have done those things. And so it's a good thing to sit and like, yeah, I could have gone to med school. I could have done these big things. And I think also you can flip it around. It's like, well, you know what? I'm going to be scared and I'm going to do something that's more than what I planned to more do. More and more. Wow. Shameless plug. Follow us on the podcast. <laughs> okay, anyway. <laughs> but it's it's just like you could have done these things and it yeah. would have you would have been good at it. But you can do the harder thing. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. You can do the harder thing. That's the tagline, Caleb. Beautiful. Um, Right let's right right let's jump into these uh, <laughs> let's jump into these news articles. Um, so the first one is about this New Zealand um, shooting that just, hap- just happened. Uh, there was a yeah. I mean, it's first of all, it's horrific. Uh, yeah. A a shooter basically shot up two mosques, and I think uh, his reasoning was was political in nature, and I'm sure that it was just this just vitriolic crap about I shouldn't say crap on here but I said it twice um, about about Islam and um, yeah Rachel give us some general thoughts and then we can try to unpack Um, just so the listener knows like we're not going to glorify this person or talk we're not this person doesn't get a name this person doesn't get his views spouted um, because this is just a I mean a violent gross act that God hates so 
Yeah. Well, that's think... it. Rachel, <laughs> enlighten us. So, <laughs> I think our first reaction to this should be heartbreak. Mm. I mean, these are people. These are God's people um, yeah. who he's created um, just the same way he's created all of us. And so I think we should we should feel heartbroken over this. Yeah. Now, this is where the practical side of me is like, what do I do now? But, I mean, I like I, I don't necessarily have an answer for that, but I think it should spur us as a church and people who believe in Christ to um, to love these people, to figure out how we can love them, um, even though they don't necessarily believe the same things as us, especially yeah. since they don't believe the same things as us, especially since they look different from us. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just like, bringing heaven to earth where none of us are going to look the same and so it's like we're going to keep loving and we need to figure out how to get to these people and like yeah just love them more and of course it's just it's just this act was filled with hatred and yeah. so we're not here to let hatred win i mean jesus has already won and so yeah. we need to remind people it's like there's been victory and we're going to love you yeah. through this act. and I, I think too like Jesus, I'm reminded of Jesus when he talks to the rich young ruler and yeah. he tells him what it would take for that for him to come into the kingdom. And the guy goes away, but the scriptures say that Jesus had compassion on him. Mm-hmm. But it says that as he's walking away from Jesus. And so, like, do we love for the sake of someone repenting, which is a good a good aim, mm-hmm. but would we love them even if they never did? Like, would we... Um, do we love the Muslim because he's a person made in the image of God who may never repent? Like, do we love that way? Um, and, and then this is something that's hard for me because this kind of thing, um, it, it should make us heartbroken, but it makes me angry, right? It makes me like angry. Yeah. This is a person who's violated the image of God and other people. Mm-hmm. Um, but do we love the shooter? Like if the shooter somehow were to, were to be met with this gospel, I mean, I'm reminded of Paul who's, who's committing these acts of violence, but meets Jesus in a, mm-hmm. in a real way. And so, yeah, it should make us love other people. I think... There's an interesting component, like, he broadcast this attack on Facebook. Yeah. And so, what, like, I'm interested just to hear your general thoughts. This is not, nobody's area of expertise in yeah. the room, but, like, what, does, is social media a net benefit at this point, or is it a net <laughs> negative, like, because it's not, it's, it's not neutral anymore. Like, yeah. social media seems to be, at least in my opinion, a little bit more destructive than yeah. And it's worth, so. Honestly, what do you think? down with social media. Like, I mean, obviously I'm on social media. You are media. down with it or no, down like with down. it? No, like down. <laughs> I mean, it's like, what, good can come from it. And I think it can have a very good, like, you can use it as a platform. But, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just dangerous territory to be walking on in yeah. social media. Like, there's just so many things that can just go wrong. Yeah. And so, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Hey, no, it's, it's like we all, we, we're always talking about like, Oh, we get on social media and we compare, Yeah. we compare ourselves. Like that is a bad thing. Yeah. But like the range, the range of evils that happen and it's because people are evil. As long as people are using social media, there's going to be bad stuff on social yeah. media. Um, shout out to sin, but maybe <laughs> out, okay. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Um, no, like, it's not just comparison, but it's like comparison. And then you add lust to the game. And then you add like the fact that being anonymous on like Twitter makes you more bold and you say more things. And then you add the fact that you can now broadcast stuff live. Yeah. And it just, it just, it's like it's spiraling almost. Yeah. And I don't know how to get in front of, in front of a cultural, this cultural snowball that's happening without just getting off of everything and being a hermit. But, yeah. You know. Well, I think, I mean, like I said, I think it can be a tool for good, but I think we need to, like, 
the first step is to like individually look at how we're using social media and like yeah. are we using it to build other people up or are we using it to throw things in their face and so individually yeah. we could say like okay I'm gonna think about before I post and stuff like that because yeah. then it'll I mean it'll set an example for the people who follow you yeah. which will set an example for the people who follow them and so on the scale of like a a terrorist attack attack I don't really yeah I mean I wish that hadn't happened it, it's really rough that it was on Facebook I mean yeah. it's just I think social media is kind of a a scary place to be yeah it's like uh it's like the wild wild web you know what yeah I mean? like, <laughs> did you come up with that no I don't think oh, I did man. I'm sure that I heard it somewhere it's too good to be mine um good <laughs> it, it wasn't good no, I'll that was great. Oh, okay, thanks. No, like... Over here, we're rolling our eyes. <laughs> appreciate that. Caleb, yeah, yeah. Caleb's rolling his eyes at me. Awesome. Um, <laughs> that's what I want. No, I, I pretty much use social media like exclusively to prove that I've been across the world and also to promote this podcast. So <laughs> while we're here, follow at Hampton Army <laughs> for more and more and more podcast updates. Um, and that's not even shameless at this point. I don't know what shame is. Um, yeah, There's let's no move on. Here. That's probably the best. And... and uh, I guess totally unrelated news. Our second article yeah. of the day is that a goat was elected a mayor of a small town. Um, and I'll say this: uh, this is this is so indicative to our culture. <laughs> like, I don't know what to even. Where was this town? It was in like Vermont. Vermont. I don't look. I'm not gonna say I like the North. My boss and best friend is from the North, um, but. What Vermont? Whoa. I mean, this is. I think it's something about on? it's like a small town, and so my thought process is like everybody has to be on board with this, or like it just doesn't need to have. Like, I mean, you. I feel like you would be hard pressed to find someone in that town who isn't gonna yeah. do it because how would you? It also said there were like ten other pets on the ballot. Like, <laughs> who? Like, I'm not gonna bring my dog. Yeah, and what have kind of for, sick town is this? Like, my dog doesn't know how to sit. Why would I let him run for mayor? It's Wait, just, so are you saying if your dog knew more commands that he'd be a better candidate yeah, for mayor? Probably Hercules for mayor. Hercules for dude. On the day Columbia oh, elects a, a, a farm animal as its mayor is the day I just. Um, I don't know, probably love my city. I just would like to, um, I have a lot of questions for the people in that town, but I really would just like to meet them. Like, I don't want to meet like, them at all. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't ever want to run amazing. into somebody from, I would really love to meet from Fairhaven, Vermont. And the goat was three years old. It's not even a full grown Okay, but how long does a goat, goat live? Uh, it could have 40 been. years? Did you make 40, that up? I think 40 years. I mean, Caleb can fact check me, but I think <laughs> most most wrong. adult goats so are, he might have made are it up 40 to 50 years old. <laughs> Like, if you say it more than uh, 15. 15. <laughs> okay, so he like lived a But in life. goat in goat years. Okay, what's a goat year? Goat years is what, what's, what's, what's a goat? Life? What's a goat like year? Yeah, so he's an 18-year-old goat. This is an adolescent and that's that is the, honestly the biggest tragedy. I mean, we know what happened if you've seen Parks and Rec. And you should Yeah, this is what made me think of. <laughs> Bye-bye little Sebastian. Mm, talk to me. I just really hope he does great things for that town. Also, I hope there's a human actually making decisions for that town. So We got to we got to talk about this. This town had 2500 people and this wow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know Lincoln only got 13 votes. So how many Okay. So we got to talk get out and vote, people. <laughs> First <laughs> Fair, of all, Fairhaven, Vermont. You figure a thousand of those people are are children and 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 
unable to get out of their house, but the rest of y'all need to be out voting. The, the mayor got 13 oh, votes no, and listen. beat out a dog with 10 votes. This is the worst article <laughs> in the history no, of the world. No, you want to know what makes it better? Talk Fair Haven me. does not have a human mayor. So, <laughs> so I, no, okay, I kind of feel bad because I feel like we're trashing Fair Haven. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> and look, look, this is no offense if you're from Fairhaven. I, I'm we sure there's you. great people there. There but are. But you elected a goat by majority rules. Of 13 votes. 13 votes. <laughs> 23 people in your town at least voted for animals. Okay, well, they were also, it says that it was a great way to introduce elementary school kids to local government. Think of all the children. Literally, they, they need is, to know about the government. That makes no sense. They need to know how to yeah, vote. Yeah, the best way, yeah. Next presidential election, and, and for the sake of education, we should elect an animal. That seems like the best way. They did a fundraiser too, so I, oh, it only raised a hundred dollars. Look, Fairhaven, Connecticut. I'm really sorry. Vermont, Vermont. Get straight. Thought, Don't blame I'm the people of Fairhaven, Connecticut. They uh, they're not involved. Look, um, I, I'm interested to hear what the rest of the people of Vermont, the state, think about <laughs> Fairhaven. Um, you can call the hotline or DM me on Instagram. I would love to know. Uh, we love you though. Yeah, we I think love, you're awesome. Yeah, without a doubt, it's it's actually a really funny article. We've poked some fun, but um, please don't feel bad. It's only a one year term, so this time next year they'll get another go. The dog will win next year. Yeah, well, they're gonna make some strides in this year. Jordan, yeah. uh, I don't even I don't even know what what is going on anymore. Um, this is our world. This is the world we live in. Uh, so that concludes our current events section of the podcast. Love it. Hey, um, we do this every week. I would love to hear what recommendations you have for our students. These can be anything as always. What are you watching on Netflix? What are you reading? What are you listening to? Um, yeah. What, what recommendations do you have for our students? Um, so on Netflix, I'm actually rewatching this, but there's a show called Girls Incarcerated. Wow. It is the greatest anything I've ever watched besides my other recommendation but it's so good it's just about these girls in like the juvenile um I can't think of the word like they're just in the system yeah they're in the system and it's just about like their every days the people that have influence on them the the choices they make it's so good hey this is a uh totally not totally unrelated but it's kind of related to what we talked about about 40 minutes ago okay um what do you think about these uh like scare scare them straight shows like scared straight uh do you think this is a valid way of dealing with like um i guess i don't want to say criminal tendencies but like kind of um um i don't like them okay yeah how does that play into mental health because it doesn't seem like a good thing when i see like a convict telling a 13 year old he's gonna punch him or whatever well i mean people are either driven by fear or love and so i just feel like we can really help people by loving them a little bit more now the way you go about it it's gonna look different but i just why are we we don't need to scare people into doing things like i think we should really like guide them and be with them i don't i just don't want to see kids getting yelled at that makes me really sad i mean my dad definitely gave me a little scared straight scenario but not on that level my dad was more like you know, I just think there's other ways to do it. <laughs> yeah, I think there's other ways to do it, and I think Fair there's enough. better way, more effective ways to do it. Fair enough. So. What's your other recommendation? Sorry, I won't you be my neighbor? It's the documentary about Mr. Rogers. Oh, phenomenal! Yeah. 
Phenomenal. I have wanted to see that. I meant to see it in theaters. It was at the Nick, and I yeah, I watched it two times within the first three days it came out at the Nick. Wow, so what's good. so good about it? It's just, I mean, Mr. Rogers is amazing. Like he changed the way ministry looks. He changed the way he loves people. He was, I don't know if you knew this, but he was going to like either he was he was going to go to seminary and he was an ordained minister, and yeah. then he was like, no TV, and it goes into that whole quote-unquote lesser career he decided to be a tv star and use that to be his ministry and there's something where he talks about like the space between the television and the child is very holy ground and so i mean they're that's what we're feeding them and so it's like let's feed them healthy things let's feed them true things and so just the way he went about loving people the impact i mean if you talk to any adult who grew up with mr rogers you'd say like yeah he really he had a a big role in the way that i have chosen to do things at this point so Yeah, I just I, remember the sweaters. I was a little young to, yeah. to digest. But, <laughs> That's okay. But, uh, I don't. I don't really. Most remember. people older than older than me really, really. Yeah, love I mean, he just he just showed what it looked like to be kind and also just loved people who. I don't know. He was just such a kind person. I think kindness goes a long way. So. Fair enough. Uh, other recommendations? You got anything else? Music recommendations? Yeah, whatever you got. So I went and saw Mumford & Sons the previous weekend. Amazing. They're, they're amazing. So their newest album, Delta, I don't know, I just, it's good. They're good. I felt like I should throw that out there since I went and saw them. You should. They're great. Well, uh, plug your social media so you'll get followers out of this. That's why you come Oh, yeah. Here. That's why I, anybody comes on The only reason I came here was for the Instagram yeah, followers. Yeah, for the hundreds of followers that will that will. Yeah, so my yeah. Instagram is at HeyRachel. Pretty easy. I've had it since like middle school, so. Yeah. Um, and as always, follow me at Hampton Harmon. That's Hampton Harmon. Very important. Uh, and we'll also, hopefully, either this week or next, I forgot to tell you, Caleb, this, um, but we're going to launch some uh, more and more social media accounts so that yeah. you, can, uh, you can be updated directly about the podcast. So be on the lookout for that. As always, um, this is more and more, and uh, we'll love to see you or you know, talk to you next week. Bye, guys. <laughs>